Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Hashimoto's Roadmap Podcast. I am your host, Natalie Guevara, Certified Functional Nutritionist, and I have dedicated not only my life, but my career to deepening my understanding of female hormones, metabolism, and thyroid health, because much like most of you, I too have had my struggles with Hashimoto's, hypothyroidism, and PCOS. My entire coaching business and program is built on helping women with Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism reverse their symptoms so that they can live their best lives free of that debilitating uh, low energy, the chronic brain fog, the bloating issues, the mood swings, all of these things that we're not super fond of so that they can actually live life more fully. And today I'm actually really excited to share this episode. I've mentioned in, in a I think a couple episodes back um, that I held these free coaching sessions in my free community, um, which I would love to have you join. I will put the link in the show notes, but this is a one of three. I did three free coaching sessions um, a few weeks back that were really, really, really fun. And so I, I know, you know, both from being in other coaching programs and as well as hosting my own coaching programs, the value of witnessing others being coached. And I've shared uh, multiple times, I'm sure on this show, how I used to be of the mindset of I only wanted one-on-one attention. That was what I needed in order to make a transformation. And it wasn't until I was put in a position that I was working with a mentor that I really wanted to work with. And she had no option for a one-on-one coaching relationship. And so I was really torn for a while before I jumped on board into this this group type of mentorship. And it was really transformational, um, not only in just me stepping out of my comfort zone, but being able to hear others ask questions that I hadn't yet really thought to ask or are new to ask and just the power in witnessing others being coached through their struggles. And so I wanted to share this recording on the the podcast because I think that it'll be really, really valuable for you all. But that being said, I always love to hear your feedback on what's really resonating in the podcast episodes for you. You can always hit me up on Instagram, Natalie Brooke, Brooke is spelled with an E, Guevara. Of course, links are always in the show notes. And let me know. I'm excited about the next few episodes that I've got coming down the pipeline for you. So without further ado, let's turn in, tune in to today's episode. So people come in, I will continue to let folks in the waiting room, but I'm going to go ahead and get started with our session. So this is session one of three. Just to give an outline of how this is going to work, each and every session, I'm going to offer some different coaching. And then the second half of the session, I'm going to open it up for you to be coached. This is how that's going to work. You can raise your your actual hand. You can raise your digital hand. You can um, pop in the chat. But this is an opportunity for you to ask questions, for you to tell me where you're stuck, where you're struggling, and for me to give you step-by-step guidance and support on how to get past that. Um, I want to acknowledge and affirm how coaching can be uncomfortable. We have this this window of tolerance and anytime we reach outside that window of tolerance, it signals to our nervous system. It's like, hey, something's changing here, which in itself can can seem really scary. So regardless of where you are and, and stuck as a place, that can feel actually safer for your nervous system. So I just want to acknowledge that and kind of break the ice there. So if you're feeling resistant, you being coached, asking a question, that's okay. 
And I also want to light a fire under your butt and encourage you to do it anyway. Um, you know, I was talking to a, a client of mine before I got on this call, and we were talking about the window of tolerance. And um, I think I think most people are going through a heat wave, but where I am, it was 101 degrees today. So I was like, you know, it's like reaching out the window, and it was just like really hot, and I didn't want to do it. Um, it's the same kind of thing. I have nothing to sell you here. This is free coaching. So you literally have nothing to lose. There is no gatekeeping. I'm not going to say, okay, I'm going to coach you through X, Y, but to, in order to get Z, you're going to have to pay me. There's none of that. So I also want to recognize that if you have a resistance up for that, this is free. This is the same kind of coaching that my one-on-one -on -one private clients get. And this is an opportunity for me to help you in the same way. So that being, that being said, starting with the resistance piece, I want to work backwards on what I offer you in terms of, of guidance and, and strategy for this week. So knowing that for most people, free information is, is only going to get you so far. And evidence has shown us again and again and again that people tend to not pay attention as much to free information. And the reason that I bring that up is that I want you to come into these sessions with that understanding, and I want you to give yourself the, the edge, if you will, to be the exception to that. So understanding most people do nothing with free information. They consume it, they read it, they, they say that they're working towards a goal or whatever have you, and then they completely just disregard it because it was free. You have every opportunity to take what I'm what I'm giving you this week to ask questions to receive coaching and then take this and run with it as far as you want to go. Working backwards, I want you to ask yourself before I even offer any smidge of advice, clarity, direction. Where are you going to get stuck? Where are you going to get hung up? Not where you're already stuck. What are your resistances? What are your obstacles? This is a question that I, I ask, well, I ask my clients in their, their check-ins every single week, but it's one of the very first things that I ask them. Actually, I believe I ask it on my coaching application. What obstacles do you foresee getting in your way of being successful? And this is really, really, really important to recognize and understand. Because for a lot of us, whether it's a boss, a sick kid, traffic jam, we perceive that we have all of these unknown obstacles that get in our way and they sabotage us and they prevent us from getting results. But the reality is it is always self-sabotage. And the reason that it's self-sabotage is if you step back and you're honest with yourself, because that's what matters most, you don't have to be, be honest with me, just honest with yourself. Most of the time when we have hiccups and we have roadblocks and we have things like that, we could see them coming. One week it's your boss, the next week it's a sick kid. They show up in different ways, but the result is still the same. So for those that are just joining, I'm asking you before we start with these three sessions to be honest with yourself and be really clear on what your hangup is going to be. Now, I'm going to step back even further on that, because if you're on this call, if you're listening to this replay, by the way, if you're listening to the replay in the group, comment hashtag replay so we know that you saw. If you're listening to this, you likely have some sort of hormonal imbalance. You have Hashimoto's, you have PCOS, maybe you're going through menopause. 
And if your goal is weight loss, if your goal is increased energy, if your goal is just balanced hormones, that can be a really big perceived obstacle. In fact, it's actually a fact for most of us, whatever your condition is, whatever your diagnosis is. And without even realizing it, we let that become the reason that we can't get results. I've been in this industry for 15 years now. And I can tell you with 100% certainty, the only thing standing between whatever result you want, whatever result you want, doesn't matter, weight loss, weight gain, muscle gain, whatever, is going to be your mind. I have Hashimoto's, I have PCOS. For a long time, that fact became a self-limiting belief. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't eat this. can't lose weight. My body's not going to change. My pants don't fit. And it was all because I had Hashimoto's and PCOS. My sex hormones plummeted. All the things were wrong. Only way I moved past that, despite all the coaching knowledge that I had, all the science that I had in my brain, the only way that I moved past that was to own the fact that that was only a limiting belief as long as I was going to let that be a limiting belief. When I started to turn around and look at all the other variables that were just going, going to the wayside. The funny thing, and I have a client that I've been working one-on-one with, we can see, this is our five-month anniversary. She went to her endocrinologist on Friday, and she is so disappointed because in five months, we spent so, so much time on the basics, and she went to her doctor, and she just expected him to be like, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, nothing was wrong, um, and she lost 15 pounds. She lost 15 pounds, and our coaching today was on why, A, that's a pretty big deal, and B, she was really confused because we'd done nothing really specific or really Hashimoto's dialed in. It was all basic stuff. And so the reason that I share this with you is not to be like, hey, let's, let's, let's do these other things, is to give you understanding of the possibility. I know all too well going to a doctor's office and then being like, well, this is wrong, this is wrong, and this is all the reason that you can't lose weight, and this is what the rest of your life is going to look like. I understand getting behind the wheel of my car and driving home and being like, this sucks, my life sucks. And it doesn't have to be that way. And so what I want to offer you over these three, these three sessions, it's mainly going to be mindset work, because a lot of what stands in our way is our own brains. Again, going back to that window of tolerance, no matter where you are, you're in this box, and it's very warm, it's very cozy, or you know, it's 101 degrees here. So air conditioning, cozy, comfortable. And in order to change anything, you have to reach outside that window. But it has to be not too far. We have to understand, again, going back to, I talked about this in a previous challenge. We have to go back to at the core of autoimmunity is nervous system regulation. And so if we're reaching out the window and we're reaching too far and our nervous system's like, oh, I can't handle this, it immediately wants to treat, retreat back in and we stay stuck. We stay stuck, we stay miserable, and we wonder why we can't get results and Susie can, Susie's my cat. So with that being said, I want to start this first, uh, this first question, this first session um, with some coaching. So raise your hand. Drop it in the chat, unmute. 
I want to know where you're stuck. I want to know what your questions are. And I want to know how I can help you. We're here until 7 p.m. I will coach as many people as long as I can over the next little bit. I don't, did okay. I do that? Can you hear me? You did it. Yeah, you're good. Okay. I can I hear like, you. I'm like, figure, I'm like, let me go over this way. I know for me personally, like everything you said is exactly me. I limit myself to every time I come out of the doctor's office, it's another, look, so I don't even get emotional. It's just another thing added. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course, for me, like I have three kids, I work full time. And while they're not excuses, I get tired of cooking. And I think, I think that's mm -hmm. where I sabotage because the minute I'm hungry, I'll just eat, you know, like kind of like whatever's there and knowing good and well, like I have something good to cook and then I'm just, and I do, I know I self-sabotage, but it's, I don't know sometimes how to even get out of that. I did good when I had a trainer um, and I was at the gym every day and following this, um, like their food guidelines, but like even that just got tiring because it was like chicken and rice every day, yeah. every four hours. And like it worked, I dropped 35 pounds in a matter of four months, but I knew it wasn't sustainable unless I could be in the gym every day, all day, because I was there like an hour a day and, and eating like that. Um, so, and now with the new PCOS diagnosis and they uh, wanted to put me on the metformin, I'm just, I'm like, I don't want to take any more medication. <laughs> sure. So a couple of things that I want to pull out there. First of all, I want you to go back to, you were doing the trainer thing. It was an hour in the gym. You were eating um, delicious chicken and rice every four hours. And you said, but it worked. I want to ask you, did it actually work? I guess not actually because my mindset still wasn't right. Like I, I did it because like I, I paid the money. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this, right? Like, sure. I guess actually, and then in some ways it didn't work because I didn't change my mindset. You could, and you couldn't sustain it. You couldn't sustain it. Mm -mm. And so this is where we get stuck. And so I call this dieters, dieters mindset and, and, and we all have it. I still, it still shows up for me. We all have it. And we get in our head that these things and going back to the window of tolerance, right? If I told a hundred people and I was like, would you rather make lifestyle changes or go back on this crappy diet? Most of them would want to go back on the crappy diet, not because they want to, but because in our brain, it's like, but that worked. I was able to lose 30, 35 pounds that worked, even though now that I'm speaking with you, logical brains, like, oh, that didn't, I, I didn't like it. I didn't sustain, I couldn't sustain it. It didn't actually help me. And so a, a couple other things, you don't want to take any more medication. So I just want to validate and affirm that I want you to share with me what your, your overarching big picture goal is. Honestly, just to be healthy, you know, just like to have more energy um, I was switched back to Synthroid, which was a killer for me. Okay. I really like armor, but with my new insurance, like I can't afford $283 a month. So I got sure. switched back to Synthroid as well, which I feel like I'm back in that doldrum again, like between two, three o'clock, I need a nap. I hate uh -huh. feeling like this. Like it's, it's, it's depressing. Like I, I miss feeling like what I did feel like when I was, you know, lighter and healthier in the sense of, you know, wow. I felt like I could do more. I wasn't tired when I went outside or chased around anybody, you know, just stop it. Sorry. Um, puppy. <laughs> um, 
So I think ultimately for me, it's just, it's that, that healthy version of me. It doesn't necessarily always come with the weight loss, but of course that would be ideal. Cause it just, it all just sits in my midsection and it's, it's frustrating. So what I'm hearing is your, your main goal is to feel healthy again. And what that looks like is you have energy, you're not having that mid afternoon slump. Um, and you do, I'm, I'm hearing, I, and so I want to validate you have separated weight loss from, from health, which, which good for you, that, that can be really hard to do, but it also sounds like your definition of health does encompass some weight loss because it does help you to feel more confident in your body. Is that sure? Is that it? Absolutely. And like I said, and then I feel like too, with weight loss, maybe would come, especially with the PCOS, maybe not being on the metformin. Like I know I'm like, I don't know if that's what I want to, like, I don't want to, I don't necessarily, that's, I don't want to take another medication. I struggle yeah. to take Synthroid. This, they want me to take morning and night. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to, it also sounds like you, you know, some of the things you feel like you should be doing when it comes to these things, you've mentioned cooking. And so by the way, when we go back to facts, those are one of the things that I put into a category of, of a fact. Sometimes cooking can be exhausting. Um, it can be one more barrier to us getting where we want to be. Would you say that that's the biggest struggle in terms of, of doing the things that, that you feel like is going to move the needle? I do think so. I think working full-time, like I said, I have three really active kids. They're older, mm -hmm. so 10, 12, and 17. And Every day it's something I, I, by the time I get home, I'm, I'm trying to put something together and, or if I try to cook it all on a Sunday by Tuesday, I don't even want what I cooked on Sunday. Like it's, yeah. it's so tough for me. And uh, then I'm just, like I said, I'll be like, well, I'll just grab whatever's right here. And I'm like, and then I'm mad at myself for, you know, not making the proper steps. So I know for me, cooking is definitely the struggle. Like I can commit to it, but then it's just, I blow it out of the water. Sure. So tell me about what your meals earlier in the day look like. Earlier in the day, <laughs> like today, any day. Oh, say, today would be terrible. I think part of the problem is I've, I've, I changed jobs earlier, like the beginning of this year. So now I sit behind a desk, which obviously hurt me tremendously. I'm not walking anymore. Although my body was used to me walking the way I did before. Um, but like, even this morning, even though I have a big plan, I'm going to eat something. I didn't eat breakfast. And then I would think I had like an Atkins, uh, chai, um, protein or whatever those things are. Cause I was like, well, at least I'll put something in my, on my stomach. And then lunch, I was going to have my chicken marsala that I had left over, but I didn't get to lunch cause I got hectic and then had to leave to take the kids to their well check. So then tonight I'm making like chicken and mushrooms and spinach and in my, you know, electric skillet. So like, I know I'm capable. I just, I let everything else get in my way. Okay. I want you to reframe what you just said. I let everything get in else get in my way what what are you actually saying there like I'm not I'm not putting me first yeah so is the obstacle really evening meals and being too tired for evening meals or is the obstacle something different I'm not sure it's probably it's the obstacle is me it's just all up there the no it's not it's not you, the obstacle, and this is natural. This is, this is normal. Um, you're a mom. You've been a mom. I have a 16 year old, 17 year old. You've been a mom for 17 years. You've been putting someone else before you for 17 years. 
And so when it comes to, we get to this place where we no longer feel good in our bodies, we no longer feel healthy. It's not that, you know, for me, I always tell people I'm knocking on menopause's door. It's not menopause. It's not the PCOS. It's 17 years of putting someone else before you. And so the perceived solution, as we go to the gym, we go to the trainer, work out for an hour a day and do the four meals. But then you already said it, that's not sustainable and didn't actually work. So what is the solution? Would definitely have to be, I think, putting myself first to the point where I am cooking for myself as well. It's only going to help them too. Yeah, for sure. But going back to that window of tolerance and like reaching too far out there, you started off with cooking at, cooking at night is hard. And you listed really valid reasons. You have three kids, you're tired. And from what you just shared with me earlier today, you know, you're also really stressed with a new job and these other, these other meals aren't happening. And so it's just the domino effect. So what I'm hearing is even addressing the meals is, is where our brain goes, right? This is how we're going to get healthy. This is, this is, this is what's going to help. It's reaching too far. We need to pull it back in just a little bit because the solution's not actually the meals. The solution is you saying, Hey, I'm Carrie, I'm a human being, and I deserve as much love and care as my children do. I asked a client um, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, what would change if you treated yourself the same way you treated your children or even your dog? Yeah, everything would get <laughs> Everything. I mean, for, you know, for my clients that don't have kids, they have dogs that their dogs get the meal same time every single day. That dog gets a walk, uh, you know, rain, sure. rain or shine. It's happening. But when it comes to us, we don't do the same. Right. And so the solution that I see for you is maybe, maybe the meals just stay where they are right now. And that's okay. But it's to start picking whatever, whatever it is and making a promise to yourself and keeping it and proving to yourself. I said, I was going to do this and it's free. It has to be just for you. Selfish, yeah. selfish as selfish can be because selfish is not really selfish. Self-care is not selfish and keeping that promise. And I'll give you, I'll give you a tangible example, but it has to be really personal for okay. you. When I was really early postpartum, my 13 month old still does not sleep <laughs> really early postpartum. The one thing that I could do for me, I had all these grand plans about how I was going to get back till my water um, to meals and exercise and all of them. And it didn't happen. I was tired, I was burned out and I still had to work and I still have, I have two teenagers that are 14, 16 and a husband and six dogs. All that stuff was happening. And so my one thing is every single morning, didn't matter how crappy the night was, I got up and I washed my face and I put on moisturizer. And when I first started doing that, I was 50, 50 on even doing that. I was like, why does this matter? And it's just a simple act of, this is just for me. Nobody cares if I moisturize my face. Baby doesn't care. My husband doesn't care. Dogs don't care. Hadn't showered in four days, but I did that one thing. And then that stacks into, okay, okay, Carrie, what did you start saying that you were going to do? And you're doing it. You're doing it. And it's like, okay, I'm going to come hell or high water. I'm having breakfast. And then you do that. And then you do that. And then it creates a domino effect. And before I tie this all together, I'm going to acknowledge where your brain went. <laughs> That's not going to get me there fast enough. That's not big enough. And this is for everybody. That's what our brains do. Our brains want to control and grip. And our brains only know what they know. 
which means our brains don't actually know the future. Your brain cannot predict if you start doing that, that you're actually going to get the results that you want. Your brain's going to tell you, I need that trainer and I need that gross chicken rice because that's what it knows. That's all it knows. So we have to also prove to your brain and your nervous system, it's safe for me to say, this is for me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen no matter what. And then you do it again the next day. And then you do it again the next day. What comes up for you when I share that? What comes up for me? Yeah. No, I think that makes, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I mean, I, I know I need to put me first. Um, and maybe it is just taking those little steps. Cause I think for me, I think I wanted it done yesterday. I think like you just yeah. said, kind of how we all operate, right? Like I, but yeah. I thought I could have already had this done, but then I'm just overwhelmed and bogged down the minute. And so maybe, maybe it's at a time to jump full in. It is just little baby steps of, of self-care, whether it's a process or whatever I come up with that would just make me happy and feel better to start yeah. to compile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to challenge you one tiny bit further. I want you to send me, just send me a DM in about two weeks. And I want you to let me know how you're doing okay. with this. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank Perfect. you. Is that helpful? Totally. Yeah, helpful. You're absolutely welcome. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Does anyone else want to unmute? I've got some questions in the chat, but if anybody that's dropped anything in the chat wants to um, come on stage, then we can move to the next person and see questions about consistency and self-accountability. Okay, so Jet and Jesse, if you want to unmute, we can kind of unpack this because most of the time, so there's a couple of different things with consistency that we can look at. For a lot of people, when we unpack consistency and consistency looks like something different for every single person, what we actually mean is that we're struggling with perfectionism and those are two totally different things. So consistency says that we are moving on a continuum, a spectrum of this is our desired habit, behavior, outcome, result. And then way before we get to rock bottom of not doing anything, there's many, many notches in between, like a ladder, a belt, whatever. We can go all of this. But again, going back to the way our brains naturally work and black or white and all or nothing, um, it's really hard for our brains to go to the gray area. It convinces us that we are not doing the thing if we're not doing all of the things. And so consistency can look like, consistency can look like a percentage for a lot of my clients when we're trying to do something new and I'm going to use, I'm going to use working out here because this is usually one where people really struggle with the self-accountability piece um, and, and the consistency piece, insert whatever you want here. But when it comes to working out, I'm typically asking them to say how, what's our percentage here, right? So if we look at, I'm thinking of one client specifically right now, she immediately said, I want to work out three times per week. All right. For our consistency piece, let's look at letting our percentage be, if we get two out of three of those, that is consistent. We are consistently showing up. And then that third is gravy versus if we are in black and white, all or nothing thinking consistency is I showed up for all three or I was a failure. 
Another way that we can look at consistency is one of the things that I personally have been working on with my own coach over the past several months is planning and planning and cooking meals throughout the week. There's seven nights in the week. My goal is five. You want to pop off? I saw you come back in the room, Jeff. You want to unmute? You want to tell me what the consistency struggle is? Yay! Hi, I'm sorry about with. that. You're <laughs> fine. You're fine. Um, you know, I just, just, I, I don't want to say it's one particular thing. It's okay. just in general consistency. Um, okay. Whether it be food, you know, staying on task food-wise, whether it be um, motivating myself to work out, which I can't. <laughs> um, okay. I get I get one workout session a week because that is what I've trained myself to do, um, okay. and I have accountability because I have a coach that week or okay. you know that that time. Um, so. It's not that I can't do things, um, but it's the accountability. I do like what you said about just trying to add one thing, not making it yeah. everything. And I think that is a big thing for me is I just try and say, well, I'm just going to do it perfectly and I'm going to start yeah. now. And it's too big of a reach. Um, yeah. So, so I think just, you know, I think you maybe touched on it a little bit of taking a smaller bit. Um, lunch times are really difficult for me and to okay. have a, a acceptable, in my opinion, acceptable lunch. And, um, and that's, if I don't do it, I feel like I failed the day. Okay. And, or, or I say, well, I didn't do it. And so the rest of the day can okay. go out the window. So I think, you know, I, I like the idea of, okay, so if I can be consistent on lunch or one particular aspect of okay. something. So, yeah. So a couple of things there, how, um, how, long have you been doing the one workout per week? How old are you, Josephine? Um, probably um, 13 years. Okay. So what's inconsistent about that? Nothing's inconsistent about that. It's adding okay. more. All right. So in your, okay. So a couple of things that you've said there. So we're really consistent there because you have a coach that you need to show up for. Tell me why you show up for that coach. Um, um, that's just what I, um, if I commit to somebody else, it's committing okay. to somebody else. It's the okay. accountability with somebody else. So we have a theme in our call tonight. Um, mm -hmm. so the other thing that you shared with me is that lunches are really difficult. What is, what is difficult about lunches? Share a little bit about that with me. Um, if they happen, great. Um, but most of the time they are forgotten. Um, okay. Not for any particular reason. Just okay. don't get around to it. Um, okay. Not that I'm too busy. Just okay. 
just sometimes, don't get around to it. Okay, just don't get around to it. Um, but then I'm two, three o'clock. I've lost energy. I've lost, uh, and so I I need the food. I know I need food, but it's yeah. I also so when you I don't love lunch. I don't love lunch okay. food, and and I don't know why. What is lunch food? Uh, well, I don't love sandwiches. I don't love leftovers. I don't, I mean, I love breakfast. So a okay. lot of times my really good lunches are when I'm making myself breakfast again. <laughs> okay. So what stands in your way? So at our house, we call that second breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, what stands in your way of having second breakfast or brunch as, as your, as your lunch and just inserting foods that you enjoy? Um, just, and it's not that anything necessary, I can't say one thing or another. Sometimes I'm at work. Sometimes I'm running errands. Sometimes, I mean, like I said, it's a great day when I can have two breakfasts, second breakfast. Two breakfasts. It yeah. just doesn't okay. happen all the time. And so like, like you said, if I could make the goal of focusing on just lunch, because everything lunch. else happens naturally yeah yeah for sure i i think yes but also i think the the underlying theme and and much right like carrie right is is being able to set promises because you mentioned self-accountability and so self-accountability um for me and and most of my clients almost remove that emotional piece it's like oh self-accountability that sounds cool but when we start to talk about it as like you're breaking promises to yourself. Mm-hmm. Would you break a promise to Josephine? Would you break a promise to, again, when I talk to my clients, like, would you break a promise to your dog? When you tell your dog you're coming back home, you come back home. And right. so putting yourself a little bit more on the hook for that, because the interesting thing about the human experience is every single day, whether we realize it or not, we are constantly building or breaking trust with ourselves. The same way that we, when we show up to work, when we show up for friends, when we show up for family members, the way that we show up, the way that we interact, we're always building trust. And I guarantee you, every single person listening, either on this call or listening to this recording, if I was like, do you consider yourself a trustworthy individual? You would say, yes, you show up to work. And again, albeit there's you know, you get paid for showing up and things like that. So there are things like that, but a friend needs you. I'm going to bet you show up. A family member needs you. You're going to show up, but then it comes back to, okay, showing up for yourself, whether it's lunch or the, an extra day at the gym, what, whichever you decide is, is, is okay. This is the one that I'm going to do with. And I, for everyone listening, when it comes to, because as Jesse has said, we are looking at trying to do one thing at a time and reducing that friction to be able to, to show ourselves that we can show up. Because again, we're just reprogramming our brain to, to be like, I am the type of person that sets a commitment to myself, it makes a promise to myself and I show up for that no matter what, in some capacity, moving across that continuum. Again, I shared washing my face. That was my half shower um, for the first like 12 weeks of Louise's life. But reprogramming your brain, because right now our brains believe that we're not important enough. 
And so that's where self-sabotage comes in because we're really good. It's really easy to make excuses. Well, I'm tired. Well, I don't like lunch foods. Well, my coach is not waiting for me at the gym. All of these different things. And then they become self-fulfilling prophecies, right? We didn't do something because we were tired and we get more tired, more tired, more tired. So it gets harder and the friction um, gets a little bit worse. And so it just takes that little bit of, oh, I did this. I did this. Something that may be helpful for, for anyone, this is something that I'll frequently have my, my clients do is um, to, to make an evidence journal. And this can be as simple as the notes app on your phone. It should just literally mark down when you did something that you said you were going to do for yourself. And just looking back and it's like, oh, we're, we're starting to stack that. This is getting a little bit easier, a little bit easier, and a little bit easier. But often when we look at, there's two paths that we can go down, your brain immediately, and this isn't for everyone, immediately goes down to the one that's gonna be easiest to self-sabotage. Why? <laughs> it's called foreshadowing. <laughs> your brain knows how to keep you stuck. And so this is, I don't know if anybody's ever done like a writing exercise where you write with your non-dominant hand and it's supposed to bring out, I, don't know, I can't write with my non-dominant hand, it's supposed to bring out your creative side or like all these like hidden truths, never done it, but they say it's true. Um, it's, it's the same kind of thing. If you're like, oh, this would be the easiest. I want you to challenge your immediate reaction because as much as I want you to trust your intuition and trust your gut, sometimes your intuition and your gut is not the immediate reaction. It's something that you've sat down and processed with, with reasoning. So that being said, Jesse, what is, what is your action that you're going to leave this call? And you're like, yes, I can start doing this tomorrow to start being more self-accountable. Um, you know, you say what's the easiest. And I would say, you know, and, and question whether that is it. And lunch is really probably going to be the easiest. And the only reason I'm not questioning that is the working out. Um, I have a new puppy. And so putting, yeah. <laughs> putting the puppy in a safe yeah. spot is not a choice, you know, in the kennel for an hour or whatever, sure. is not a choice that I want to make. Um, okay. yeah. so at this point in time, and so I think right now I would like to, even though it's, it might be the hardest and okay. I might have a couple failures. Um, I, and then Everyone I'm going to have does. to be okay with that. Um, I might have to, I think I'm just going to write it, print off a blank calendar and just mm -hmm. mark down when I actually have lunch and yeah. focus on trying to get each week better or even half mm -hmm. week or, you know, little, yeah. okay. little bits. Yes. Okay. Everything that you're saying is absolutely golden. That is what I want for you. And you're doing exactly right. So I just want to reiterate what she said for everyone that's listening. Cause again, this works for insert whatever you want here. She's going to take a blank calendar and she's going to mark down when she actually does it. The reason that this will work is because she's not going to take a calendar and write down all the days that she's going to do it. And from a mindset perspective, a brain perspective, she already said it, she's going to fail. Every single one of us, if you think that you're going to start something and you're not going to fail, please do not start. I'm going to say that again. If you think you're going to start something and you're not going to fail, please don't start because every single one of us is going to mess up. It's how we learn. 
if you're if you've been around for a while, you haven't. I am an evidence-based practitioner. What that means is we take science, research, and we combine it with real life scenarios. And this is how we create evidence that we can do things. If we set ourselves up for, okay, you know, um, next week I'm gonna, I'm gonna have lunch six days. And then we know we're gonna fail and we use that to create our evidence, what worked and what didn't work. This is, this is how science works. This was what we thought, this is not how it happened. And then we can improve. But from a psychological perspective, if you fail, we go down the shame tunnel of, oh, knew I couldn't do that, knew that was too hard. I knew I couldn't keep promises to myself. I struggle with consistency. I struggle with self-accountability and that becomes our identity. And we make, we take action. Inaction is also an action from the feelings that we have, the thoughts that we have and the identity that we create. By taking a blank calendar and marking when she does it, she is showing herself that she can actually do this. Whether she does it two times or she does it all seven days. She is showing herself that she can do it. And then the next week, she just has to go, okay, if I do it two times, I at least met myself where I was from the last week. And that in your brain is good enough and you can keep going. So hopefully all that made sense. How do you feel about this, Jesse, moving forward? Do you feel clear? Do you feel like you have a plan that feels doable? Definitely. Okay, I want you to the same as, Carrie, I want you to send me a message in two weeks. I want you to let me know how many times that you have had lunch. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Caitlin, you also had questions. Do you want to unmute and chat about them? She also had said same to the consistency and um, self-accountability. So hopefully that was helpful as well. Anyone else want to unmute? There we go. Oh, there we go. Okay. Hey, Caitlin. Hi. Let me try my, sorry, I'm on my phone. I was cooking dinner. I was listening in. Oh, you're, you're totally fine. You can stay off camera unless you want to come on camera. It doesn't bother me one bit. Um, so yeah, like I said, I met with an endocrinologist last year and she did like all these tests. And so then she mentioned like, she didn't even really, really tell me it was Hashimoto's. Mm -hmm. And then I had to see the nurse practitioner for a sinus infection or something. And the nurse practitioner goes, yeah, so the Hashimoto's and something else and the PCOS. I was like, wait, what? So I followed <laughs> up with fun? the, yeah. So I followed up with the endocrinologist office and I said, you know, I, she didn't tell me anything about this. And that's when I. Mm -hmm. Cut out. Hopefully she pops back in. I don't know if you can hear me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's see if we can hear you now. There you are. Okay, now I got you. Okay. Um, and so I'm just trying to figure out, like, obviously the PCOS is the bigger piece to focus on and work with. Um, mm -hmm. and I know that my cortisol was all kinds of weird. So I'm working on eating breakfast and stuff, but I just wasn't sure what the best course of action is with those kind of being in play with each other. Is it, you know, still focus on the PCOS and then that will kind of help itself 
what the Hashimoto's or okay so I listen to how that works so tell me what your okay Hashimoto's PCOS cortisol aside tell me what your overarching goal is um kind of like what you guys were talking about earlier just being healthier I know that once I get more healthy habits in play then you know the weight and everything else will kind of take care of itself um okay so I've got my daughter is turning two so now I don't have that as an excuse for saying I have a baby at home um, and then we have an almost seven-year-old. So trying to juggle the, you know, the schedules between the two of them and, um, it has on my work full time. So I'm working on getting those habits more into play. Um, okay. but kind of like you were saying earlier, it's one of those, like, you expect to see those results super quickly. And if you don't do one part of it, then you think that you're feeling the entire thing. So just kind of working yeah. on that mindset, I guess. Yeah. And so again, I just want to reiterate because I know for a lot of folks, it's like, oh, you know, why can't I wrap my head around this? Like these mindset blocks, first of all, are real. Don't let anyone mm-hmm. tell you it's in your head. Um, and they're the most, most challenging part. Something that I, that I say often is that if health and in, in making these changes was as simple as a diet or food and fitness, then everyone would have solved their problems. There's a trillion mm-hmm. diets out there, a million different ways to move your body that's not it. <laughs> it's just not it. And I, and I, and I wish it was that simple because I would be able to help a lot more people <laughs> if we didn't have to, you know, um, uh, tackle the brain thing. So what does, when you, when you said, you mentioned those habits, tell me what those habits are. Um, not going out and grabbing lunch from, you know, Chick-fil-A or whatever okay. every day for at work. Um, and like making sure I'm packing my lunch. Um, making sure that we have, I'm making enough for dinner to have enough for lunch for a couple of days. So I don't have to worry about planning lunches. Um, like I said, eating breakfast, because by the time mornings are just chaos, um, with getting my older daughter on the bus and getting everyone out the door for work and daycare and everything else. Um, and so I've been trying to do like overnight oats, like meal prep breakfast things that I can take with me and just eat in the car on my way into work. Cause if I don't eat it before I get to work, then I'm not eating until lunchtime. Um, and so just kind of like the, the planning I had better is kind of just the okay. habit that I'm working on. Um, I have a gym membership that I never use. And so planning I had to bring stuff after work to work out on my way home from work um, is another one. So. Okay. Tell me what is hard about any and all that you just listed to me. Um, the planning I had, just the decision fatigue okay. and just coming home from work and thinking that far ahead. Okay. If you were to just brain, brain dump a solution for if planning ahead is the biggest friction point, the biggest obstacle to making all these other pieces fall into place, what mm-hmm. is one way that you can reduce the friction to planning ahead? Um, I guess just working on my to-do list, actually doing it. Um, and finding the time to do it instead of just nudging out on the couch at the end of the day and, you know, just going numb for all the thinking, you know, just the chaos of the days and, and stuff like that and taking the initiative to get it done. Does that sound like something you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, okay. again, the, the planning ahead and getting through everything else that needs to be done for the day to prep for the next day. Okay. So. okay. Um, so a couple of things that I want to pull, because you kind of had two different questions that I want to make sure mm-hmm. I had them both, is okay. the connection between like PCOS, Hashimoto's, and, and cortisol. So the interesting thing, and this is, and so I've also, I've, I just had a 
full-on conversation with the client before I started this, um, who's been, we've been working closely with her endocrinologist and she was frustrated because, you know, she goes into her endocrinologist and they write a prescription and, and that's just it. There's no explanation and, mm-hmm. and, or anything, which is um, about 90% of the work that I do with clients taking a five minute endocrinologist visit and making it into, okay, now you actually understand what happened there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, so a couple of different players there. So Hashimoto's of course is an autoimmune condition. It attacks your thyroid and then will sometimes have hypothyroidism as a result of the Hashimoto's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then of course, PCOS, it, it, it affects our sex hormones and it affects our, our reproductive area. Mm-hmm. Both of these have an autoimmune component. Both of them affect our adrenals, which is where the cortisol issues are coming from. And mm-hmm. so I don't want to ever negate that there are medications that can help support these conditions there, um, whether it is thyroid medication, whether it is things to help with insulin sensitivity when it comes to PCOS, um, uh, hormone replacement therapy and all those things. But what research has shown again and again and again, when it comes to resolving autoimmunity, when it comes to resolving PCOS, they are lifestyle conditions, which does not, again, just mean food and fitness. So I also want to be Mm -hmm. crystal clear on that. It comes down to to stress and sleep and and all of the things. But where most people spend a lot of stress that they can control, right? We can't control our job stress. We can't control um, kids all the time. They have their own brains and do their own thing. But we spend a lot of time stressing about what we should be doing around our food and our fitness, Mm -hmm. which causes just this unnecessary stress. Now, I also say that knowing that certain dietary changes and certain lifestyle changes in terms of of intentional movement and things like that have a direct positive impact on reversing autoimmunity, balancing blood sugar, um, balancing hormones and all of the things. And so, yes, planning ahead could be a solid way to do that. But the things that you listed out to me I'm just, uh, I, I don't sugarcoat things for, for anyone. So again, when I told you guys, y'all are getting the same thing that my one-on-one clients go, you listed all those things out. And I was like, I don't want to do any of that. <laughs> and I do this for a living and I'm not a unicorn. I, I still struggle with things and things like that, but you listed a lot of things that you're putting pressure on yourself to do. Breakfast mm-hmm. is chaotic. Um, so that immediately when you were like, I need to pack my lunch. I was like, okay, with breakfast is chaotic. When's she going to pack her lunch? Is she going to pack a lunch <laughs> that's going to be satisfying? Or is she going to be like, screw this? I'm going to Chick-fil-A anyway. Um, all of these other things. And so just like with, with the other ladies that I was chatting about, like, let's look at just one thing. Now, I also want to be clear because when I said, does the planning ahead thing, is that something that you want to do? You said, yeah. There is also utility to planning ahead and not following through. Yeah. And again, this is not something that I just, you know, saw on a billboard. This is actual research that shows, um, actually, uh, a lot of people have read Atomic Habits. James Clear is the author. He actually did, um, he had an example in his book of a gentleman that was trying to build the habit of going to the gym. And he started by going to the parking lot and he did that until it was easy to go to the parking lot. And then he went in and changed his clothes and he did that until that was easy. And then he went in and did like one rep or one set of something and kept doing it again and again and again until it got easier. And it's the same with planning. Mm -hmm. I will have clients, no joke, submit a plan to me. This is my plan for the week for a month or two months. And they won't do one single thing on the plan. Yet we still make progress because if the plan is what's standing 
in between you and implementation, then the plan in itself is a skill and a habit to be built. Does that make sense? Yeah. The other question, and I, so I'm going to share like openly and candidly, I had Chick-fil-A for lunch. What is wrong with having Chick-fil-A for lunch? Nothing. Just paying for it every day during the week. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> when we look at, and so the reason that I bring that up mm -hmm. is for a lot of people, when we think of, you know, our brains, so our brains like shiny objects, we all know that. And our brains are hardwired for comfort and pleasure. Mm -hmm. And so when you have a, a bag with your lunch in it and everybody's like, let's go out to lunch, it becomes really, really hard to just be like, mm -hmm. I'm going to eat this stuff that's been sitting here all morning. So I just want to be really clear on that. And so starting to build awareness, and this has utility for all the things that you listed, and that's why we're holding it on mm -hmm. this, building awareness between there is, you have two pains there. One is the pain that you want to make progress towards feeling healthy and vibrant and living your life. The other pain is you don't want to pay for Chick-fil-A. And right now, the pain of paying for Chick-fil-A feels less painful mm -hmm. than, than the not making progress on your goals. Mm -hmm. And so just building the awareness, it's all about delayed gratification, right? Right. Every time you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to another. And that's okay. Life is meant to be lived in 50-50. It's totally okay. But as you start to build this awareness without doing anything about it, it just starts to create a different story. Mm -hmm. Because what I hear from your story right now is I just need to want it bad enough. And while that's true to an extent, I don't want it bad enough is rooted in guilt and shame, which we know does nothing to move right. us forward. And stepping back and saying, this sucks, paying for Chick-fil-A sucks, packing my own lunch sucks, and being able to say, which one of the sucks do we want, puts us back in our own personal power to say like, Chick-fil-A is fine. I could have a wrap. I could have a salad. There's a million of five ways that I could have like a healthy option at Chick-fil-A. It's easy, it's convenient, whatever. But I have to pay for it. Right. And over here, it's like I said, I'm going to pack my lunch. Let me keep this promise to myself. Mm -hmm. And then we can say like, okay, yeah. this is an empowered choice. And I made this choice and I own this choice. And this is what I actually want. Does that make sense? Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Um, what are you going to check in with me in two weeks about? What are you going to leave this call and do? Yes, hold on. Sorry. Um, You're fine. We've got Mickey Mouse going for <laughs> days over here. She wants envelopes to write letters to grandparents. Um, I think. Working on the planning and sticking to it. Um, and like you said, like planning is still good, but, you know, it's the execution of following through on as much as I can. Yeah. Um, what I would love for you to challenge you on, whether you print out a calendar or you do it in your phone, I would love for you just to uh -huh. mark the days that you actually planned and then mark okay. the days that you both planned and followed through. Okay. And just create that evidence and then send me a message in two weeks. And I want to know how many days you planned and how many days you followed through. Okay. Sounds good.
All right. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. You're welcome. All right. We've got a few more minutes. Um, Katie, I haven't chatted with you. If you want to unmute, I am here. Sure. Hi. Hello. Tell me how I can help you tonight. I'm not really sure. I'm completely okay. new to this. Um, awesome. I've had PCOS my whole life. I've never, well, not my whole life, but since I was 10, I was diagnosed. Um, I don't know if I have anything like Hashimoto's or anything like that. I did have a doctor tell me that my thyroid does not function correctly. Um, okay. But so I don't, I have tried probably every kind of diet and healthy lifestyle and things don't work even when I stick to them for years. So I really am, I think okay. I'm at a point where I feel like hopeless and have given up. So when I saw this, I thought, well, let's try one more thing, right? So it sounds like your, your overarching goal is weight loss. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what that means for your day-to-day -day life. Why is that meaningful for you? Um, so I am a mother of three kids. It makes it very difficult to like keep up with them and be involved in the things they want to be involved with. They love to like play sports and be outside and be active. And when I can't do those things or like even going to amusement parks and, you know, you don't fit on all the rides or stuff like that. Okay. So when you say that, um, nothing, nothing works. Just give me just a little bit of a, a backstory on what you've been working on and what, what specifically hasn't worked. Has it not been sustainable? Have we not lost any weight? What has that looked like? Right. It has been a not losing any weight. I did keto for the longest time. I did, um, like a low carb diet. I think it was called carb addict diet. Um, I've been to weight loss doctors for years. Um, okay. I went to the gym three days a week for two years. I used to walk and jog four miles every single day. None of those things, no matter how long I had stuck with them and all of those things, like I hadn't budged any weight. Okay. Um, so a couple of different things. And so I just want to full disclaimer um, without the, the full picture, this is, this is just what, what I'm hearing and, and kind of what I'm seeing. So we definitely have a goal of losing weight more so because you want to be able to show up. You want to be able to spend time with your children. It sounds like we've tried all of the exercise things from going to the gym three days a week. We've done the cardio things. We've done the low carb thing. Um, we've gone to weight loss doctors. What was the result uh, aside from not losing weight? What was the result of going to the weight, uh, weight loss doctors? What did they try? Uh, Topamax is what they put me on. Okay. Yep. Okay. For, and it, or like, appetite. Um, yeah. Okay. And then I ended up having to go to a neurologist because I had not great side effects from it. Um, same thing for like my PCOS. I can't be on any of the birth controls that my gynecologist would sure. typically use to deal with it because I've had too many strokes on and like it's just been yeah a nightmare a lot so what does your current lifestyle look like on the, on just an average day yeah I think for the past like month I have just maybe two months I've just given up because I don't know okay. what to do um I usually have like a protein shake for breakfast um, okay. lunch, 
I have snacks because I'm at work <laughs> and sometimes I'll pack a lunch that's healthy but then I think what's the point nothing is working which I know is not helpful um yeah I just kind of need some kind of motivation to that something might actually help and then we always have like a healthy dinner I make um a lean meat protein sourced with veggies and um a carb for my family and I typically like I don't like carb side so I won't eat like rice mashed potatoes stuff like that so I usually just have a lean meat with a vegetable for dinner okay um but yeah I mean my lifestyle is managing the calendars of my three kids while working full-time and taking care of my family okay um so I'm just going to kind of break down the the science the science of weight loss because again this is just from the snippet that I have. It sounds like we've tried a lot of puzzle pieces, but we haven't put puzzle pieces together. And this is also really, really common. Um, again, weight loss doctors, I don't like to lump all doctors into the, the same little category, but basically what doctors do is they prescribe things. And when it comes to weight loss medications and things like that, generally what we're prescribing are things that are going to suppress our appetite um, or affect our satiety hormones. And so that is how they generate weight loss. And so at the end of the day, weight loss happens from a caloric deficit, an energy deficit. It means we take in less than we, we consume. And so there's a lot of different ways that programs or coaches will try to elicit a calorie deficit. It can be through things like minimizing carbs and entire food, food groups, right? So if we, um, fasting is another one. If we remove an entire meal, we're just creating a caloric deficit. Now, a couple of different things happen when we look at a caloric deficit. Our metabolism is adaptable, so it responds. It responds to everything that we do. Um, it responds to everything that we say. It's actually a pretty incredible little um, machine, if, if you will, and it's a barometer for stress. And so continuous dieting is also stressful. And it has to adapt to those stressors. And so every time that we start to pull calories away, it downregulates, it downregulates, and it sends alarm systems that says, hey, something's up, we're not safe here. And the only way that it knows to conserve resources is to store body fat. And so the reason I'm sharing that is, is because um, I want to, to break down what could be going on. And I also want to offer you some hope because I hear, hear the hopelessness and I want you to leave this. If I give you nothing, I want to give you hope um, that by putting the right puzzle pieces together, while again, as I've shared with multiple people on here, it's not going to be overnight. Um, it is absolutely possible. I worked with a individual, this has been two or three years ago, who came to me because she needed to lose 75 pounds in order to have bariatric surgery. That was, um, 75 pounds lighter was the absolute max that they would do her bariatric surgery. And we worked together for 18 months. She wound up losing over hundred pounds. Um, and she was very, very helpless when we started working together. She'd been to weight loss clinic. She's uh, currently working with an individual who not only has already had bariatric surgery, but has also been working with weight loss doctors for a number of years. She has Hashimoto's and PCOS and they were able to get her, her nowhere. And there's nothing special or magical about what I do, which is why I'm sharing how uh, weight loss, fat loss actually works. Um, but as we continue to diet, our metabolism continues to adapt and it gets lower and it gets lower and it gets lower. We have a basal metabolic rate. This is what our body needs for lounging on the couch, for breathing, um, 
walking to the bathroom, all of those things. And then above that is based on our activity level. And so our basal metabolic rate where, you know, for a lot of people is way more than 1200 calories. As we continue to put that pressure on it and diet, it goes lower and lower and lower and lower. And so this is where it can get harder to lose weight. And so it's very much possible. And so people are like, well, how does that happen? Like I didn't, my body didn't change. It's still possible for that to happen if we're pulling on different levers. Um, Mm Because you've also shared that things aren't going right with your thyroid and carbs are responsible. Carbs send a signal to our brain to tell our thyroid to um, create more thyroid hormone and carbs are also responsible for hormone production. Fats are responsible for hormone distribution. So they all work together. So it's very possible that there could be something going on with your thyroid that could be preventing weight loss. I want to be clear when I tell people that there's a lot of factors other than hormones. Again, there are hormonal factors that can um, impede weight loss. And so I definitely would encourage you to look more deeply into not just taking at face value. Someone said that my thyroid was not working optimally. This could mean that your metabolism is operating two to 300 calories lower than what a thyroid without any issues is operating at. Um, but aside from that, a caloric deficit is what's required for fat loss. Now, again, as I've shared, if it were as simple as food and fitness to solve all these problems, then nobody would have any problems. The diets that you tried would have worked. The exercise that you tried would have worked. But I also heard pulling carbs, stress. And then I also heard a lot of cardio, which is also stressful. So there's other hormonal implications that could be going at play here. So your question is, okay, that's great. What do I do about it? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the so helpful, it depends, but I also want to give you clarity on what that it depends looks like. For my clients, I, I work with macros. So that means looking at how much protein we're getting, how many carbs that we're getting and how many fats that we're getting. We work on regulating meals, not skipping breakfast, eating lunch, eating dinner, and getting a balance at each and every one of those meals. Now I'm going to tell you exactly how to start doing this. And again, just, I don't know if you were on at the beginning of the call. At the beginning of the call, I said, most of the time when people get free advice, they don't value it because it's free. But I'm going to tell you exactly how to start doing this. Start journaling, taking pictures, whatever of your food every single day and ask yourself, how can I balance this just a little bit more? Again, I'm not going to give you a fast fix. I'm not going to give you an easy fix. But taking away more carbs, going to do four hours of cardio isn't the answer. Should we walk every day? Sure. Strength training. Uh, Muscle is the most underrated supplement that we can have for any woman with any type of hormones, with bone, with all of the things. And it also helps our metabolism run at a higher rate. Look at what you're eating, every single thing that you're eating, and ask yourself, how can I improve this by just 1%? 1% over 30 days is 30%. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself how you can balance it. And that's where I would start. And if you'd like to do that for two weeks and then send me a food log, I'd be happy to just give you some concrete. These are adjustments that I, I would make. Now, okay. I also want to validate your frustrations of I've tried all these things and I didn't lose a pound. And so there are also instances, I don't see this very often. I've been in this space a long time. I work very specifically with women with hormonal issues, um, Hashimoto's and PCOS. And I don't see this very often, but it also is a real thing is that sometimes there's 
internal things at play that are preventing you from losing weight. And now you may go to a weight loss doctor, you may go to your endocrinologist and they're like, no, that's not it. Um, but there are, are functional lab tests, such as a Dutch test. It's a, it's a dried urine test for comprehensive hormone panel. Um, I run this for my clients from time to time. It looks at all your sex hormones. It looks at all the hormones. It'll look at your cortisol and it'll look at everything. And it will look to see if there are any missing gaps there. That's like, this is why this is happening. At the end of the day, your body has to feel safe in order to release body fat, period. It has to feel safe. And so this becomes challenging when I'm like, but we have to be in an energy deficit in order to lose weight. And so the key is to always achieve that with the most minimal disruption possible. And for a lot of that, that becomes really, really hard when we've spent decades dieting and just stressing our body and stressing our metabolism and stressing our body and stressing our metabolism. And then we're like, okay, I'm going to, let's make you safe here, but I, I really need you to lose this body fat because our bodies still, like we don't look in the mirror and your metabolism's like, oh, I don't like that extra weight. All your metabolism knows is, Katie, I want to keep you safe. And the only way I know how to do that is to store this extra energy for you to protect you. Um, and also sometimes understanding that from like a mindset perspective can be really impactful because it can feel like, and I hear the hopelessness, it can feel like I've done everything and my body just didn't care. My body just didn't respond. Something's broken about my body. And so shifting from my body's broken, it didn't work to my body was trying to keep me safe. How can I support this safety while at the same time getting what I want? Because I want to show up for my kids. I want to go to the amusement park and sit on the road. And that just becomes a really different conversation. When we're constantly fighting our bodies, we don't even realize how much stress we're putting our bodies under. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I want to validate that there may be something that's preventing you from losing weight, but I also want to help you pull back the curtain and look at all the ways that, that you can start to feel the way that you want to feel. So are you willing to look at, at your food more closely for the next couple of weeks? Absolutely. Anything that okay. might help. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've done all in the past but I can do it yeah. again. That's not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that you've done this in a million different ways. Um, there's just yeah. so many th ways that my brain is going and I want to give you like some concrete, this is what I would do. And so that would just yeah. be really helpful for me to just look at, um, and yeah. see how, I, how it can help you get a little bit of movement. Like that. that would be great. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. I'll look for a message from you in a couple of weeks. Okay. All right, ladies, this has been so fun. Um, we will have two more sessions. I will just like this session. I will start out with just a little bit of a coaching snippet before we get started. And we will run this the same way, hot seat coaching. So if you were too timid to come on the first call, you're watching in the group. Our next call will be tomorrow, Wednesday, September the 7th, I believe at 12 PM noon. And then we have one on Thursday at 10 AM Eastern, hopefully getting all the different time zones so that you have the opportunity to hop on for coaching. If you absolutely cannot hop on for any of these calls and you want to drop a comment in the group, just let me know where you're stuck and where you'd like some coaching around. And I will pop that into one of the calls for you to listen to the recording. Thank you, you guys so much for showing up and allowing me to coach you tonight. And I can't wait to hear some check-ins from you guys in a couple of weeks. Have a great night and I'll see you again soon. 
Thank you so much for listening. As always, it would mean the absolute world to me if you would take a moment and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps the show show up in search engines so that more people can find this content. You can always learn more about me and coaching opportunities with me at updogwellnessandfitness.com. Of course, I have the free Facebook community hosted on Facebook, and I will be back next week with another episode. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Bye.